how should you plan for when your home becomes too small or when the next one gets too big? At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank, equal housing lender. Hey, electrical contractors. I'm Matt from ABB. Are rising costs and product delays keeping you up at night? We can help you contractor better. ABB's contractor resources are designed to help you increase productivity and profitability on your commercial construction projects. Check out Contractor Better today. Visit go.abb slash contractor better. Stand by this tavern battery. One broadside into it, if you please, Captain Bush. Pointers on target. Lynch stops ready. Aye, aye, sir. Ready. Fire. Presenting Michael Redgrave as C.S. Forrester's Indomitable Man of the Sea, Horatio Hornblower. telescope trained towards Algeciras for more than an hour. It was a strange situation that major naval bases of Spain and England should be no more than six miles apart. And it was well to keep close watch on Algeciras, for at any moment a, a squadron of Spaniards might push out suddenly and pounce on us. But we reached Gibraltar without incident, and Captain Pellew left the ship to pay his respects to the port admiral. Then he returned... He sent for me in his cabin. And as I went below, I wondered nervously what crimes I had committed. Come in. Acting Lieutenant Hornblower, sir? Ah, Mr. Hornblower. Acting Lieutenant, eh? You like that title? Sufficiently well, sir. Better than midshipman, eh? Oh, yes, sir. Still, not so good as Lieutenant, eh? Uh, no, sir. Well, Mr. Hornblower, then you ought to consider this good news. 
There will be an examination for Lieutenant tomorrow, Captain's board. What do you think of that, eh? Well, I'm uh, certainly interested there. Of course you are. The examination will be held aboard the old prison hulk over there, the Santa Barbara. You are ready to take it, I hope, Mr. Hornblower? Well, I, um... Are you? Uh, yes, sir. Let's see. You'll hold my order as acting lieutenant for two months now. Is that right? Perfectly, sir. If you pass this examination, why, then the day after tomorrow, you will be a full lieutenant with no nonsense about it. And you'll have two months seniority. Well, it sounds wonderful, sir, but, uh... But what? Well, nothing, sir. I was... <laughs> I was just thinking what would happen if I... If I... If I should fail... You would revert to midshipmen, naturally. And you'd lose about eight months of seniority. Because it'd be six months at least before you could try again. Yes, I know that, sir. Well, well. You say you do feel ready for this examination? Well, I, uh... uh... Oh, yes, sir. Very well, then. A report to the Santa Barbara at 3 p.m. tomorrow with your certificates and journals. Aye, aye, sir. Tell Mr. Bolton you have my permission to go. You may use one of the ship's boats. Thank you, sir. That's all. Oh, and, uh... By the way... Yes, sir? Good luck, Hornblower. I wish that I could be as confident of the examination as I pretended. The truth was, I, I hadn't expected it to come so soon. Well, there was nothing for it then but to get out Noddy's epitome of navigation and Clark's complete handbook of seamanship and try in the next 24 hours to be up on everything in those two thick volumes. And there were other things to be attended to besides. And my friend, midshipman Jack Brace, never let me forget them. Shoes. Hmm? Oh, what's what, that, Brace? I said shoes. Oh, look, trigonometry is difficult enough without your going cryptic on me, Brace. My boy, what do you mean? You'll have to wear your bottle of shoes, remember? Oh, good heavens, that's true. Well, chuck them to me, laddie. Buck, I'll go to the gun room and get them polished. So he took my shoes and I went back to my navigation. It was a long time before Brace came back. Here, take this. Hmm? What? Oh, what's that? My clean shirt. You don't own a clean one, oh. you know, Tom Oh, Blair. thanks very much. Uh, not at all. What about my shoes? Oh, um, oh, well, don't worry. Oh, Craig Neptune, haven't you got them polished yet? The gunman supply of shoe blacking is dry to a chip. Oh, no. Oh, that's all right. I had two of the men work it soft with lard. Oh, well, then. Unfortunately, the resultant compound stubbornly refuses to take a polish. Well, then, he got what am I to do, man? Two men now at work with the gunroom's molding shoe brush. When oh. they're through with that, they'll use a soft cloth. And don't worry, we'll bring your shoes up to a condition of brightness worthy of an examination for Lieutenant. Oh. I was by no means satisfied with what I knew of navigation, but I did have to close that book and start on the handbook of seamanship. And, oh, I felt so abysmally ignorant. Jack Brace's interruptions at least served the purpose of taking my mind off my desperate lack of knowledge. Bridges. Well, what are you talking about this time, Brace? Bridges? Hey, give me the bridges to your number one uniform. Oh? I'll have them prepped for you. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jack. Now, don't mention it, Larry Buck. The words in the complete handbook of seamanship began after a while to dance before my eyes. It seemed completely meaningless to my befuddled brain. It was as if from a great distance that sometime later I again heard the voice of Midshipman Brace. Liquor. Hmm. What's that? What's that? What do you say? I said liquor. Your spirit ration from the British Navy. Give it to me quickly. You, 
You haven't drunk it, have you? No. Oh, well, then trot it out. Look sharp. Why? So that the gunroom attendant will be able to press your breeches. What, is he going to press them with a tin cup half full of rum? Oh, of course not. The liquor's for the warrant cook. Oh, why should he have my rum ration? Because if the gunroom attendant is to press your britches, he has to heat a flat iron in the galley. Oh. Well, the cook won't allow him to do that without some payment. And, and all right, it. all right. There's today's spirit ration over there. I was keeping it till later. If you want to be a lieutenant, you have to make sacrifices, Wombler. <laughs> like that through the afternoon and most of the night and all of the next morning. And by the end of that time, I was turning rather frantically from Norrie's text to Clark's and back again to Norrie's navigation. The only question in my mind was which one baffled me more. Finally, the boat was ready to carry me to the Santa Barbara. I'd made myself resplendent with my sword and white breeches and buckled shoes and my bundle of journals under my arm my certificates of sobriety and good conduct in my pocket. Brace had only one last word of advice. Your hat. I couldn't get the dents out of it. What? Well, take it off as soon as you can and keep it under your arm. Maybe they won't see you come up the ship's side. When I got aboard the Santa Barbara, I was directed aft to a portside cabin. And when I entered that cabin, my heart sank down to those buckled shoes. Well, there was a whole cabin full of other midshipmen, all of them dressed like myself, all of them ready to take that examination. One of them spoke to me. Welcome to the black hole of Calcutta. Oh, for the love of... How many are there here, anyhow? You're the 40th. 40? How many... How many will they pass, do you think? Five? <laughs> I doubt it. Do you know who's examining us? No. Dreadnought Foster, for one. Oh, no. He's a tail twister as ever there was one. And Captain Harvey of the dockyard. I don't know him. You wouldn't want to. Well, who's the third? I don't like to tell you. Well, I don't like to have you tell me, then. But you might as well. Come on. Black Charlie Hammond. Oh, Lord. Oh, he's almost as bad as Dreadnought Foster, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> he passed through here looking as if he'd lost a guinea and found sixpence. Huh? Well, we may as well sit here and wait our turns. But much good it'll do us. We waited. The first man came back from his examination, which he had failed, and informed us that they began by asking him to define a, a rum line. Thirty-nine midshipmen had their textbooks open on the instant and re-read about rum lines. Candidates departed and candidates returned, most gloomy, some smiling. The afternoon wore on. Twilight came. Night came. And finally, my new friend left. And ten minutes later, he was back. He had failed. It was my turn now. I straightened my neckcloth and saw to it that my sword hung correctly at my side. In an agony of nervousness, I, I went into the examining room to stand before the three grim faces across the table. Well, sir, report yourself. We have no time to waste. Oh. Hornblower, sir. Horatio Hornblower, midshipman. Uh, I mean, acting lieutenant, HMS Indefatigable, sir. Your certificates, please. Uh, here, yes, sir. Yes, yes, they're in order. You're a close hold on the port tack, Mr. Hornblower. Beating up channel with a northeasterly wind blowing hard with Dover bearing north two miles. Is that clear? Uh, yes. yes, sir. Now the wind veers four points. And takes you flat aback. What do you do, sir? 
What do you do? Oh, no. No rum lines. Yeah, what's that? Uh, nothing. What do you do? Quickly. Well, um, I'm... I know you're dismasted. Dismasted with the Dover Cliffs under your leaves. Well, you're in serious trouble, Mr. Um, Hornblad. Well, sir, I think that, um... Did you say four points, sir? Because if it were... That's gunfire out there. Cannon! Come on, let's get back to our ships. Unceremoniously, they rushed out of the cabin, sweeping aside the sentry at the door. I followed them. And with the three captains, I arrived in the waist, just in time to see a rocket soar up into the night sky, raised in a shower of red stars. Wait! It's the general alarm! Fire ships! Fire ships! Observe the watch! Call my gig! Huh? You don't expect to find the gig now, do you, Hammond? our ships in the harbor beat to quarters. Across half a mile of dark water, a yellow light crew. Ships wrapped in flame. A line of fire ships was running before the wind, straight into our crowded anchorage. Let one of those blazing hulls make contact with one of our vessels, and instantly the fire will be transmitted to the dry-painted timber, to the tarred cordage, to the inflammable sails. To men in highly combustible ships filled with explosives, fire is the deadliest and most dreaded peril of the sea. And this was the peril we all faced now. You shoreboats there! You shoreboats! Come alongside! Come alongside, confound you! Come alongside or I'll fire you! Simply there, make ready to give him a shot. There's a the way to bring him, Captain Foster. He's coming. Here, gentlemen, we'll tell this lugger man where to take us. Back to our own ships, instantly. Come on, gentlemen. chains and flung themselves down into the boat. I was right at their heels. It was my bounden duty to get back to my ship as soon as possible. But then I knew there was no chance of a junior officer's finding a boat to take him back. Perhaps after the captains reached their ships, if they reached them, well, I could do the same, perhaps. I threw myself in as I pushed off, nearly knocking the breath out of Captain Harvey. Answer this, answer I didn't mean uh, to, to, to knock into you, sir. Well, young man, where are you going? Well, I I should go to the indefatigable, sir. After you're all conveyed to your ships, of course. Mm. Well, Osborn, roll, can't you? This is no time to sit there keeping. Pull away. Where to? I'm not in the Navy. I'm a British civilian. Pull from my ship, the Treadmore. No, no. Look here, Captain Foster. I'm the senior. Pull for the Calypso. And at once. That's the Dreadbrook's mirror. I'm sorry. Yes, woman. Please, please. We must get started. Calypso it is. But pull, Osmond. Pull. I have the tiller. Gibraltar Harbor in the middle of a dangerous action. And my companions were a reluctant oarsman and the three captains of the captain's board. Their tempers had not markedly improved. Oh, oh, oh! My ship's in danger. I suppose you don't think that mine is too, Foster. Look, sir. 
Look, there's one of the fire ships now, sir. Where? Well, just after us, sir, over there. She's swinging round. She's across Santa Barbara's cable. She's going to ram the Santa Barbara. Everyone help on board there. Ah, sir, the old Santa Barbara has 2,000 prisoners battened down below decks, hasn't she? That fire ship will be alongside her any minute. Sir, with a man at the wheel of a fire ship, she, she could be steered clear, then. Well, don't you think so? We ought to do it. Put the tiller over, Captain Harvey. Over it is. Now pull. You oarsman. He said pull. I, uh, I don't want to. Watch that, you say? If I pull alongside that fire ship, we'll all go up in smoke. Your sword, Hammond. Yeah. Now, you oarsman. You see this sword? Now pull. 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 Yes, sir. Yes. Play us under her counter. I'll jump for it. Let me go, Captain Foster, sir. I'll handle her. Come with me if you like, Hornblow. Thank you, sir. May need two of us. Our boat swung under the stern of the fire ship. She was before the wind again now, and just gathering way, just heading down upon the Santa Barbara. I stood up on the fort and jumped. My hands gripped something, and with a kick and a struggle, I dragged myself up onto the empty deck. Captain Foster followed. With a brig before the wind, the flames were blown forward. Right aft where we were, the heat was terrifying. I ran forward to the wheel. It was lashed with a loop of line, and as I cast this off and seized the spokes, I, I could feel the rudder below me bite into the water. We're going to collide with the Santa Barbara. Hard over! <sighs> Hard over it is, sir. Lee over, flames coming this way. But hold on to that wheel. Oh. I've got her, sir. Hard on Lee! She's turning, sir. Keep her over. We might still ram. We're gonna, gonna pass the Santa Barbara, sir. We're gonna pass her. We did it, sir. We did it. Down on your knees. Let's hold that course. Don't starboard a point. Starboard a point, it is, sir. We'll lay her ground on the shoulder of the neutral zone. All right. There's the dauntless on the fort bow. Keep her clear. Breathe, sir. What's up? Something's happened. What is it, man? What is it? The ropes must have burned away. The wheels spinning. I can't steer her, sir. All right. To the tap rail. over me, and I felt panic as I struggled back to the surface. It was cold. I could see nothing in the darkness with my eyes still dazzled by the roaring flames. Somebody splashed beside me. Oh, oh no. I say, I, I, they were... They were following us in the boat. To take us off. I hope they... hope they get to us. Can... Can you swim? No, no, not, not very well, sir. I can't, either. Ahoy! Ahoy! Helen! Harvey! Ahoy! Don't see him, sir. Oh, oh, where are they? No, where are they? Almost choking with water. They were both growing weaker. 
I wondered if he felt the same despair that I felt. And I, I suppose he did. For even captains of much seniority are only mortal men after all. How long we struggled side by side in the water until he spoke to me again, I, I don't know. Oh, oh. horn blower. What's that? The boat. Where's it? Right there. Huh? There. Oh, call them. I can't. ships from us, perhaps, sir. We may have nursed the pinion that impelled the steel, eh? Well, it is possible, sir. Uh, I suppose it is. <laughs> well, let's lean back, Hornblower. If we're to be prisoners, let's at least try to make ourselves comfortable. Captain Foster was a cool enough customer poetry and discussing the naval situation while being carried off into captivity. I tried to emulate him, leaning back unconcernedly against the side of the boat. I would not have wanted Dreadnought Foster to realize that I was shivering from something other than the tree and I wondered what hardships a prisoner of the Spaniards might have to undergo. 
Then suddenly, there was a voice, an English voice from across the water. Hold the hoy! There's our own boat, sir. Or, or a British guard boat. About time. Hold the hoy! No, I didn't count on. Continue on our hour. Continue on our hour. Well, I thought so that in view of all that's happened, well, 
You yourself, sir, said that I did all right tonight, sir, and I mean... Now, look ye here, Mr. Hornblower. The examination is a thing entirely separate from the events of this evening. Yes, sir. In the examination, to the best of my recollection, you were flat aback, about to lose your spars and with Dover Cliffs under your lee. In one more minute, you would have failed. It was the Spanish attack that saved you, isn't that so? I... I suppose it is, quite, quite so, sir. Ah. Then be thankful for small mercies. And even more thankful for big ones, Mr. Hornblow. Aye, aye, sir. I... Well, I suppose you're right, sir, of course. Oh, well, I suppose that when I've acquired the viewpoint of a... Well, a, a true Navy man more completely, but, well, then, sir, I, I suppose I can fully realize when I, when I look back that... Well, <laughs> on the whole, I was... Well... A very fortunate midshipman tonight, sir. Horatio Hornblower, starring Michael Redgrave, is based on the novels by C.S. Forrester. Music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers.